Welcome to the podcast of Dr. Michael Jacobs. We believe today's message will help you walk in faith and have victory now. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Well, thank you, Lord. I got about an hour, too. Praise God. I just listened to the... I just listened to Dr. Hatterball yesterday. It's 10.08. Praise God. Hallelujah. So within 60 minutes, we ought to be, we ought to be refreshed, revived. Hallelujah. Amen. Going to another level. Amen. Praise God. The reason why you go to another level, every time a minister gets up and ministers the word of God, whatever's been said is available. Amen. So whatever's being preached is available. Whatever's been preached has an assignment to manifest in our lives. If, if we take hold on it. Amen? Amen. Well, praise God. You been enjoying yourself? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm excited to be here, Dad. Thank you for having me. And uh, I was going to be here anyway. Praise God. Amen. This is my home. Amen. This is my home. And it's an honor to be asked to, to minister the word of God. It's an honor. And uh, I'm excited to be here, be here with you, and be here with the Church on the Rock family, Pastor Jordan. Praise God. Hallelujah. I walked in this place almost almost 38 years ago. 38 years ago. Some of y'all probably wouldn't even hear 38 years ago. But anyway, uh, Dr. Jacob started ministering the word. And um, I think it probably was the first time I really heard somebody really preach the gospel. I was 25 year, 24 years old, had a mechanical engineering degree. And I realized after five minutes of preaching, I didn't even know how to pray. And I had been in church all my life. And um, after five minutes of him ministering, I said, God, I knew you was that big. I just needed to hear somebody say it. So I'm here to tell you he's bigger than what you think he is right now. Amen. There's more for you than you are currently experiencing. Amen. Praise God. And God's got some awesome things for us, so we're here to press in this morning. Amen. And I thank God for all the ministers here, every one of you are awesome in, in your respect and what God's called you to do. It's a great thing to see what's happening in all of your churches and um, more for us than we're currently experiencing. Amen. Amen. And I believe it could help us get somewhere this morning because it's helped me. I'm going to be telling on myself this morning. Amen. Praise God. We live and we learn. Amen. Praise God. So I'm going to be talking to you about honor this morning because I believe it's the key for the church to move in the direction that God wants it to move into. And I want you to turn to Ecclesiastes. We'll start there. And um, Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 12. And, uh, well, hold on. I want you to go somewhere else first. I get telling myself there. Go to um, Philippians chapter 4. Because when we talk about honor, I want to get into the subject of honor quickly. Then I want to... And I don't want to spend a lot of time there, but I definitely have to get to pastoral honor because I believe honoring the pastor. And I've been listening to Dr. Jacobs talk in these sessions, and he says because the pastor spends so much time with the people that they're there midweek, all through the week, Sunday morning, and they are the primary feeders to the body of Christ because they have a voice to God's body more than any of, more than the other four gifts. The other four gifts will come in, but they will leave, and the pastor will still be there. He is the frontline person for the kingdom of God. And because of that, God wants that person honored. And um, my experience here at Church on the Rock, my experience in, in other churches is that because that element is missing, a power of distribution is not showing up in the church. And God had to get on me about this. And, um, and, and, and when you preach this message, I don't think it's self-serving anymore. And I remember I was talking about this subject, and Pastor Nancy was, I think she was here. And I said, it may sound like it's self-serving. She said, no, it's not. And she says, matter of fact, I'm going to preach the same thing you preach, and I'm not going to give you credit for it. <laughs> it's fine with me. Praise God. <laughs> All the ministry you've done in my life, amen, praise God, the Dufrains have done. 
uh, through my pastor, Dr. Jacobs, has made a difference in my life. Amen. And I echo what Dr. Hatterball said yesterday. He did an awesome job, didn't he? Amen. I echo what he said yesterday. If it had not been for Dr. Jacobs, the Church on the Rock Nashville would not exist. The Church on the Rock Brentwood would not exist. My family would not exist in the capacity and the state it is today. The pastors play an awesome role in the body of Christ, and because of it, they should be honored. And they should be honored financially in order for the church to reach its highest level. I believe that. You should turn to Philippians 4.19. This is a refrigerator scripture. And, um, and, but we want to tell you how to activate your refrigerator scriptures. <laughs> well, they start producing for you instead of just hanging on your refrigerator. All right. Look what it says right here. It says, my God shall supply, amen, all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And I was up one night in the church, and I was, I was preaching this scripture. And God said, this is not happening in your church. He said, what you just read out of Philippians 4.19 is not happening in your church. And what we have to be concerned about, what's on the pages becoming a reality in our everyday life. Amen. And when that happens, the world is getting ready to see the body of Christ function in a dimension that is never seen before. And it's going to bring about the consummation and close of this age. And God is waiting for people that will take the pages and make them a reality. And when he told me this, he said, this is not happening in your church. And the reason why it's not happening in your church, it is your fault. And until you fix this, I will not bless anybody in your church. And he says, and, and he said this because at this particular time, this particular time, we were having financial challenges in the church. And churches are not supposed to be struggling financially. Amen. We should have this plane taken care of. Amen. Praise God. Because God's got a supply he's waiting to release to the body of Christ. Amen. Now, the supply is already there. Amen. God doesn't have to go get it. It's already there. He says in, in, in Psalms 33, verse 9, he said, I speak and it's done. And I command and it stands fast. So if God said it, it's already done. But what we have to do is put ourselves in a position to receive what is already done. I like, the, I like the truth that God doesn't have to do anything else about your healing. He doesn't have to do anything else about your mind. He doesn't have to do anything else about your body. The church has to get in a receiving mode. Amen. And, and, and one of the greatest receiving, the receiving mode and the posture that the church has to have is a posture of honor. It has to be able to understand it and be able to practice it. Dr. Dufresne said, for the miracles and signs and wonders to come back to the church, the church is going to have to major in honor. And he said, your church does not honor you, and it's because you haven't taught them to honor you. And because of that, the church is in financial struggle, and you have to be the one to fix it. You have to be the one to fix it. So now you can go to Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 13. I'll, I'll start here and I'll end here. But let's go back to Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 13 and take a look at this passage of Scripture. Because when God created man, the Bible said he crowned him with glory and honor, which means that everything he does and how he relates to God and how he relates to the local church and definitely how he relates to his pastor, it must be the spirit and attitude of honor because that's his nature and that's his creation. All of creation was designed to listen to the man that would function with glory and with honor. Everything is designed to listen to that man. And he says, until, you, until we recapture and rediscover the, the essence of our creation is to function in glory and honor. And everything we do should be an attitude of honor and it should come out of the flow and nature of our creation. And it should be a natural flow. And it says right here, as Solomon said here in Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13, he says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. I call this verse the whole Bible in one verse. 
Amen. I call it the whole Bible. Why? Because it's the conclusion, not part of the matter, but the whole matter. Amen. Amen. He said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter of God's relationship and his assignment to man. It is the whole matter. If you have, when you're reading a document that is a reading or some kind of writing, you're going to have the title, and then you're going to have the introduction, and then you're going to have the body, and then you're going to have the conclusion. The conclusion is a summation of everything we just said so that you don't forget it. And so Solomon said, before you read the whole Bible, let me tell you something what God is after, where it pertains to your entire life. He says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. The verse before, he says, there's going to be reading of many books. He said, it's going to wear you out trying to read it all and trying to get it all in. He said, but the summation of all of those books, he said, let me tell you what it is. He said, the conclusion of the whole matter, fear God and keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. This is the whole duty of man. And because it's the whole duty of man, in order for God to give us responsibility, he has to give us ability. So he created us with the nature of glory and honor. And we know what happened to man. He lost, he lost the glory and he lost, he lost the, the honor in, his, in the essence of his being. And then all creation stopped listening to him. But when he had the glory and honor on him, everything listened to him. Amen. Praise God. Everything listened to him. And this is what the Bible said. The Bible said all creation is waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God. It's waiting on the people that will start functioning in honor and glory in every capacity of their life in your home. Praise God on your job in your local church. And I'm talking about special emphasis to your pastor and to your man of God. He said, that's where the supply is. That's where the supply is going to manifest. He said, this is the whole responsibility of man. One of the main problems in our society today is disrespecting what God created. Disrespecting the things of God. Disrespecting his assembly. Praise God. When he was having a meeting, we were here. Praise God. We never, I'm not going to be sitting around the corner where my man of God is up talking about my deliverance and about my breakthrough and about my family and about my mind, about my money and about my finances, amen. And I'm going to be sitting around watching television or playing ball or something like this. No, everybody, there's for me in this house. Amen. We're going to serve the Lord. Everybody know to move to this house. Nobody ask questions are we going today. No, nobody asked that question. Amen. So that's the honor that has to come back. And he said, this is the whole duty of man. And when it comes, when it comes, to, when it comes to honoring the man of God and when it comes to honoring God, when it comes to doing this, he said, I'm not asking you to sing me a song. I'm asking you to honor me. Whatever assignment you take up, I'm asking you to carry it out with honor first. When Dr. Dufresne, he helped us, he said, you're going to have to magnify your office. Amen. It means to honor your office because there's great power in the mantle of the pastoral office. Amen. He's, God has tied the supply and the financial increase to that mantle predominantly. Be, and I'm, I'm saying predominantly, and I got scripture in verse 4, because they're with the people the most. And if that office is disrespected, then it's going to hinder the body in a, in a capacity unparalleled to the other offices. Why? Because this one is there, is there when your babies are born into the world, is there, praise God, when you have to counsel them, is there for your marriage, is there for getting you married, is there for counseling your marriage, counseling your children. We're on call 24-7-365, and God says, I want the honor all honored, amen. I want the office honored. But the pastors are going to have to carry the matter in such a way that people honor and I ain't got time to go to Jeremiah right now. He says, Jeremiah, he, in Jeremiah chapter, he says, I'm going to give you pastors, amen. Amen. I'm not going to give you no church. You're never looking for a church. You're not looking for a church. You're looking for a man of God. And when you get a man of God from heaven, you stay what heaven gave you. You don't let anything move you with God. Come on now, because your supply... Your breakthrough, is, your breakthrough is tied there. Your future is tied there. Your family is tied there. You cannot disconnect from what heaven gave you. I don't care what kind of pressure comes. I don't care what kind of challenges come. I don't care if the grass looks greener on the other side. You do not move for they that are planted in the house. Amen. 
where God wanted you, you shall flourish, amen. And I'm telling you, praise God, you get a hold of this, flourishing time is coming to your life. We having breakthroughs down there in Nashville, praise God, hallelujah. <laughs> anyway, hallelujah, praise God, I want to get into all those. Let me tell you something here. He says right here, go over here now, I want you to go over here to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, we want to help you here. Because we need to learn how to move wealth when on them. And this is what God asks for. God has not asked you for money. And if you ever just move money, and that's all you moved, then you missed it. And what the church is doing is moving money instead of what God said to move. Look over here in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9 and verse 10. The first word is honor. And see, the reason why our church was going through so much pressure back then is because I was thinking God said move money. He didn't say move money. And a lot of times when people are doing tithes, they're thinking about moving money. Now, if you just move money, you ain't move nothing. Because my Bible said the earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof, the gold is his and the silver is his and everything in it is his. And if all you do is just bring money, you have not done what he asked to do. He said, you honor me with substance. So what you really should be bringing is honor accompanied with money. And this is what he asked for. And what people make the mistake is they're bringing money. And then if money gets tight, then the money gets tight, then they begin to negotiate with money. But see, you can't negotiate with honor. You, you're going to have to bring that, praise God. Hallelujah. And, and he said, if you bring this with the money, then, praise God, if you bring this with the money, then you're going to see the manifestation I asked for. Because if you just bring me money, you ain't brought me nothing. It's not yours anyway. You're just a steward over. Nobody puts it in a casket. What you're going to bring to heaven with you is your honor for God. Come on now. The honor is eternal. You get to bring it with you with God. Amen. But when you, you're not going, nobody's putting that in your casket. You can put a ring on your finger if you want to. I told the children to take the ring off because you never know a good cousin may dig you up later on that evening. <laughs> you won't be the first one that dug, got dug up. King Tug got dug up and all the other kings got dug up. All the pyramids are empty. Don't you think you don't have a family member that's ready to dig you up? They watching the watch. They watching the watch. They watching everything. They standing back lurking. And as soon as the procession is everything over with, you're going to hear somebody in the dark. Get that end of the casket. Get that in. You got that in. <laughs> that watch is coming off you. Why? Because it's not yours. <laughs> But what you bring, but the honor you bring is the real offering that you bring to God. And what the people are doing is bringing money to church. And then when money gets tight, they can negotiate with it. They be talking about God understand. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be, you're talking about God understand. They, like I said, your change is going to get strange and your money about ready to get funny. But... It, because I'm telling you right now, he's asking you for honor. The book of Pro when we talk about in Malachi, God is not asking, he's not asking for the tithe. You got to read the whole context. You got to read the whole book. In the very beginning, he said, if I'm your father, where's my honor? Because I don't want you bring. See, honor determines how you worship. Honor determines the quality of your worship. Honor determines the emphasis that you put on your worship. Honor determines the value you put on your worship. He said, because y'all are kind of worse, y'all trying to worship me without honor. The stuff you bring, take it to your governor. Take it to your job. Take it to your, take it to the places that you are trying to get honor from. Instead of honoring me, take it to the places you're trying to get promoted to. Take your best, take your worst to them, but you bring your best to me. He is not asking for your money. He's asking for your honor. And when we start bringing him honor, then he causes money to flow through the body. We're waiting for the whole church to come up. See, when the whole church comes up, the plane is passed pass for. Because we talking about my God shall supply all your needs, which means that the plane is taken care of, your house is taken care of, tuition is taken care of, vacation is taken care of, all your needs, your mind is taken care of, your body is taken care of, where God is being honored. 
And you have to take care how you come to the house of God. When you write out or you text your time, whatever you do with it, you have to express value and esteem to God with your substance. He said, honor me with substance. Stop bringing me money by itself. He said, if you honor me with your substance. And so God had to deal with me. He said, Keith, you, he said, you think about money too much. You think about money too much. And he said, that's why the church is in a struggle. He said, you're not doing what I asked you to do. And you have to pay attention to what I said. I never asked you for money by itself. That's what Kroger's asked you for. That's what Walmart asked you for. They asked you for money. He said, do not put me on the level of the water bill. Don't put, don't put me in with the rest of your bills. Don't you put me on that level. He said, I can make a way in the wilderness. I can make a table in the desert. Don't you put me on that level. He said, don't you do that. He said, you, you, you express value for me when you are accompanying honor with money. I did not ask you for money. I asked you for honor. And it's never about the money. Do not make worship a money issue. Because then you, you start making Wall Street decisions. That's what they do in Wall Street, move money. We don't do that here. <laughs> we move honor. We move honor. And it changes our conduct and how we respond in every respect. And God says, because you brought me honor with substance, now I'm going to cause your barns to be filled with plenty. This is how you get the plane. This is how he quit struggling in the airports, standing in long snake lines. My God, when I'm in the airport with him, I see the line, I start getting on my phone, I start looking up airplanes. You like this one? <laughs> you got to walk through them lines with him. You got to walk in them lines with him. You got to walk in them lines with him. And then you begin to see no prophet needs to be living like this. Prophet needs to be living like this. Yeah, we was in Atlanta. I don't even want to talk about it because I went through it. We jumped a whole lot of people, but we wasn't trying, though. We thought that was the TPS Express line. The line, we jumped everybody. We said, no, that can't be our line. That line too long. I said, Dr. Jacob, that's not our line. Keep moving. And we finally got way up to the front. Lady came to us, y'all in the wrong line. You mean to tell us we got to go back up? Then that man saw us, but praise God, that somebody's anointed to help you. The man said, some man said, y'all don't have to go back there for y'all can get, praise the Lord. <laughs> Won't he do it? <laughs> Always got a ram in the bush, praise God. <laughs> Amen. He said, it's not about the money. So years ago, we struggled in our church. I mean, this is back 2010, struggling. We just got in a brand new building. Man, we struggling. So I'm sitting there trying to figure out, do we tithe off the church or do we just try to pay bills in here? And so many times we, we just didn't do it. And then God started dealing with me. He started dealing with me about honor. He said, Keith, I ain't asking you for money. Don't you ever think you're bringing me a check. Don't bring me checks. He said, if you bring me honor, 
ever think you're moving money here, you're moving honor. Father, we honor you. Then your pawns shall be filled with plenty. And when we did this, we did this, we changed. And he sat down and talked to me. He sat down and talked to me. He says, I'm sitting down and I'm going to explain to you how this has got to work. And the only reason why I'm doing it is because of the way you served your pastor. I have got to help you. You've been faithful in another man's ministry. I've got to help you. Let me show you what he said real quick. i got to give you this. Now, he says, if you honor me, he says, not only I'm going to fill your bonds with plenty, but he says, your presses shall burst out with new wine, which means I'm going to diversify the flows to you. What he's talking about, he says, you're going to have a breakout of income. If you do this the right way, I'm going to fill your bonds with plenty. And he says, your, your, he says how does he say this? Your, your vines shall burst out. He said, your presses, which he's talking about a wine press, shall burst out with new wine. The anointing is going to start working, and you're going to have more than one source of income. And that's happening right now. It don't have nothing to do with pastoring. It's happening right now. It has nothing to, it's nothing to do with what comes into the church, because I ain't trying to tie you down to one flow. Somebody need to understand it. God ain't trying to tie you down to one flow. Quit looking at your job and acting like that's it. That is not what your covenant provides for. Your covenant provides you a flow beyond your job. Yeah. You see, this is what Dr. Hatterbaugh done. Now I got to renew my mind. He talking about, he's talking about a breakout of riches and glory that have nothing to do with you current experiencing right now. Now let me say this. Go over here now to, um, go over here now to, over here and, and uh, oh, let's go over here now in Philippians. Philippians, um, no, I'll go to 1 Timothy. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 5. I got to talk about that talk we had. God and I had this talk. Has God ever talked to you? 1 Timothy. It got so bad. It got so bad in the church that I ended up taking jobs to keep the church going. You can't quit. Right. Paul said, woe unto me if I preach not to God. Right. Yeah. I don't know what the woe is, <laughs> but it can't be worse. It's got to be worse than what I'm currently experiencing right now. And they don't need to go into bad to worse. <laughs> you cannot walk off. It's another reason why you're on the past. We don't know why I can't quit. Come on. If you're smart, you know you can't quit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're in a world of hurt. So... My family was always taken care of because I know how to be a good sheep, listen to my pastor and honor him. I know how to do where you are. I know how to do that. I always prospered in this church. I always increased in this church. Every house I had when I was here was brand new. I didn't have trouble until I started pastoring. <laughs> maybe, 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 no, no, they sent me out. They put me out. You thought you could have stayed. No, they threw me out. They threw me out one Sunday night. You're out of here, Jackson. And uh, <laughs> go do what God told you to do. So it's, you're in it now. It looks different where he's sitting. It's when you start doing the job. It's when you start doing the job. Now the rubber has just met the road. And I'm having trouble implementing this phase of my life. Mm -hmm. And it has to do with financial honor. Mm -hmm. You got to figure it out. You got to figure it out. And Dr. Hatterball and Dr. Jacobs were feeling sorry for me. And they had a prophecy of me for me in, I think it's 2013, 2011, they had a prophecy of me. I think Dr. Dr. Hatterball had tongue. Dr. Jacobs was in our church in, in Nashville. He says, now the power of God has come to your church. 
tongue and interpretation to change things at your church. See how God want to help us? To come to a higher level, and a higher level in your thinking. And the thing we talked about in the parking lot, that's going to come to pass too. You've been faithful and you've labored. And I'm anointing the people in your church. Everybody in my church is anointed for increase. He said, I'm anointing the people in your church. As they help you, because you've been, you have labored and been faithful and have served them, I'm anointing them. And as they take care of you, the anointing is going to begin to increase. And I'm going to send new people too. I'm going to anoint them and they're going to help you too. And you ought to say your supply is full, your supply is coming, your supply is here, and it will come to pass. That was 2011. After six months, I laid the prophecy down, and I didn't pick it up anymore. And when he rebuked me about Philippians chapter 4, he said, this ain't happening in your church. He brought me in my office, and we sat down, and we started talking. And um, he says, uh, I'm cleaning off my desk, and I run across the prophecy. It's 2013 now. It's two years later. Same trouble. I'll talk about Crystal here. I interject her right now. Wave your hand, Miss Crystal. Miss Crystal is the only person that was in this house with us that was brought up in this church that Dr. Jacob sent to Nashville to help us. And when she got to Nashville, she could not find a job to, not e to equal what she was doing when she was here. She couldn't afford to buy a house. She was working two jobs. She couldn't, she couldn't find a job that would pay her medical benefits, and she was getting behind. See, when you connect yourself to something, when you get connected to dishonor, it's going to affect your life. And so she didn't tell me. She told Pastor Cynthia. And so Pastor Cynthia came to me, she said, and she said, and God said to me, and he said, it's your fault. He said, it's your fault. He said, you got to change things in this church. He said, until they take care of you, I'm not blessing nobody in this church. And that really got to me, so somebody's going to come to your city and help you carry out the assignment of God. This is why this subject is so important. Because people's lives are tied to how we execute the pastoral office and carry the mantle. So I'm sitting in my office. I come across the prophecy, and I read it. He said, what have you done about this? I said, nothing. He said, that's your problem. You don't pay attention to spiritual details. I gave you that prophecy to help you and your entire church. All this going on, I'm working jobs to keep the church going. And the reason why, the reason why we have to change is because the wealth that God wants to bring through the church, our backs can't produce it. So I'm going to say it again. The wealth that he wants to bring through the church, human hands can't bring it. And if you keep working on a human level trying to do kingdom and heavenly work, Instead of using our honor and our faith, the work does not get accomplished. It's going to take miracles and signs and wonders and supernatural breakthroughs and increase to do what God wants us to do. And, and looking at yourself and trying to do it with your own hands is not going to work, and it's a trap of a pastor. So I, I was, I'm, I'm trying to keep the church going because you can't quit. I'm trying to keep the house going. Because my children had known financial struggle. And I didn't want them to know it either. Because they didn't ask for this. And I noticed when I was training under Dr. Jacobs, when pastor children struggled, they grew up hating the church. And I said, my children are not going to hate the church. So I worked seven jobs at one time to keep the church going. Yeah. I said, they're not going to hate you. 
And I remember God told me to release my job. That was the biggest change. And Pastor Cynthia was in the fellowship hall back here at a pastor's. The pastors go back in fellowship. And there was a pastor and his wife that she was talking to him, and they said, if we had to do it all over again in the ministry, we would never leave our jobs. Because they went into financial church, and eventually the church closed because they didn't change nothing. So Pastor Cynthia got in the car with me, and I still had my job then, and they got in the car with me, and she said, do you know what so-and-so just told me? They said if they had to do it all over again, they would never sell their jobs and go into the ministry. I said, let me make a note of that. <laughs> so when it came time for me to do this, I said, God, I ain't doing this. <laughs> we was down in, um, we just finished building our first building. Dr. Frank said, he said, you built your church, you took care of your family, and you preached to the people, and you built a whole building. He said, you did that? He said, I can't believe you did that. I said, y'all did it. So we go down to, Dr. I finished the building. I remember that day the first building was done. Dr. Jacobs called me and said, will you go to Alabama with me? I said, sure. Building's done. Had my tool belt on, took it off, got in the car with him. We drove down to Alabama. Pastor Nancy gets up, says, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath foreordained that we should walk in them, live in them, and then living the good life. He said, Keith, I didn't create you to be an engineer. I created you to be a pastor. I need you to change. And under the anointing, I said, I looked at Dr. Jacob and said, God wants me to resign my job. Of course, that was under the anointing in the glory. <laughs> You would tell God a lot of things when you're in the glory. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'll die for you, Jesus. I'll hurt somebody for you. Anyway, anyway, I got out of the meeting and the glow left. I got back home where the bills and everything were. I said, God, ain't nobody going to know about this but me and you. The answer is no. How about that? I told him no. Don't look at me like you ain't never told him you were going to do something. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of no's in here. Anyway, so I went on for six months. I thought God would just forget about it. Yeah. If we ain't talking about it, maybe he'd just forget about it. So six months later, I'm working on my job. I could travel anywhere I want to. I'm off two months out of the year. Just a gravy job, six figures. Great. I could travel anywhere I want to go, take off anytime I wanted to. So I found out Pastor Nancy and Dr. Dufresne were coming here. So I said, I'm going to schedule work in Louisville. I'm going to go to the meeting at night. It's six months later. Pastor Nancy gets up and says, open your Bible to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath foreordained that we should walk in those good works, live in the good life. I said, you ain't got nothing to preach new after six months? <laughs> I didn't come all the way down here to hear that again. Because he going to be talking. God going to be talking. So I got back to my room. I said, Pastor Seth, you won't believe this. Same message. Come back up again. Pastor Nancy got nothing new to preach. And God is talking again. She said, Keith, this ain't going to never leave you. You're going to have to obey God. So I knew about blood covenant. And so I knew about blood covenant, so I sat down and I wrote a seven-page covenant with God. I said, this is what you're going to do if I do this. This is what you're going to do. And I got home and I said, all the children now, I said, we're a family and ministry. And every one of y'all going to sign this covenant. And they all signed it. And it really blessed me because years later, Caleb told Agnes before they got married, she, he says, I'm going to resign from being a police officer. I'm going to go help my dad in the ministry. I signed the covenant with God. I 
said, he remembered that. He was about 12 years old. He remembered that as a young boy. Fast forward back in the office. Back in the office, God brings the prophecy up. God brings up the prophecy. And he says, don't you ever lay down something else again that I gave you to help you. And so I haven't. I haven't. So I'm sitting in the office. He says, you're preaching Philippians wrong. And he said, let me tell you why you work the seven jobs. He said, you don't trust me. I said, yes, I do. He said, no, you know how to get up and teach tithing. You can teach it all that stuff like that. You can teach it because you heard it. He said, but you don't believe it. He said, you don't believe it. You can teach it, but you don't believe it. So he says, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8. I got 10 minutes. I got to finish. It says, but if any provide not for his own, especially those of the house, especially those of, of his, his, his own house, he have denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. I said, that's why I worked the seven jobs. I said, I will not let my family down. They didn't ask for this. Whatever it takes. He said, I ain't talking about that. He said, I ain't talking about that. He says, I'm saying that you are saying I'm worse than an infidel. That's what you say. I'm saying you saying I'm worse than an infidel. And you are saying I have denied the faith. That's why you work the seven jobs. Wow. You do not believe I will bless you or anybody in that church. That's why you will not let them give because you see money coming out of them is them losing. Wow. You see your people helping you and people giving. Because some of them come in and look broke. They act broke. And we would have discussions at the home. I said, sent them people are broke. God just sending broke people here. He's just sending broke people here. I can't ask them for nothing. She said, I got the money. I said, well, you could get a job and help me out a little here around it. She said, I am not trying to make up for all those people disobeying God and you. <laughs> then God got on about that. He said, don't you ever ask her for nothing else. She didn't call you in the ministry. I did. And you leave her alone. <laughs> you know, being a leader is really lonely at times. You're out there at the front lines all by yourself. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 3. I got to start. Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 6. We got to jump into it. He said, but Christ is son over his own house. Whose house are we? He said, you are my house. He said, you are my family and you are my house. And the reason why you do all that you do, you think you are better provider than me. And you think I'm worse than an infidel and have denied my own family. And that's why you do what you do and that's how you treat me. And it's disrespectful. I said, oh, no, I, no, I wouldn't do that. He said, yes, you did. He said, that's why you do what you do. And he said, until you change, I'm not going to bless this church. I'm not. You can be anointed to preach, but you can't do it wrong. You can be called of God, but you can't do it wrong. You can have a destiny in the future, your name written in heaven, but you nobody's allowed to begin to franchise out on their own and begin to execute the local church the way they want to, including you. You will do it the way I said to do it. They will bless you. I will not bless them. And Paul said, it's not because I desire a gift. I desire fruit that may abound to their account because the church don't get strong until the accounts here come up with a supply from heaven. Amen. That's when we can fund everything, yeah. when the people come up. Amen. And if you don't let them give, you will hold them back. Come on. Come on. I heard 
the person that passes the largest church, I believe, in the state of Kentucky, get up and apologize to his congregation because he let the wealthy people fund the church and the rest of the people he didn't care about. Because they were resources too, but they have to be developed. They have to be cultivated. And you just can't just take the ones and then they begin to run the whole church because you're doing it wrong. So, so, well, you know I'm looking at the clock, don't you? No, it's just 45 minutes because I was just, it's kind of be deceptive. Anyway, I figured it out. That was the singing people up there. Singing time don't count. All right? Singing time don't count. No, I'm done. Singing time don't count. Anyway, he says, you are my house, and you're accusing me of not taking care of my children. He said, you've been even though I take care of yours, how much more? I'm going to do more than you. So after that lashing, I said, okay, okay, we're going to do it your way. He said, teach the people to honor me. It's not about the money. It's about the honor. If they bring me honor first, I will bless them. Do not bring money to church. Stop releasing money. You are to release honor. And everything you do and all your service in the church, all your service in church, that's why nothing should be done grudgingly in the church. Because you are to release honor. And we ought to be thankful. He counted us faithful even putting us here. So I said, I'm changing everything. So I called Bradford in, hands all the money. I said, the beginning, I said, this is what we're going to do. I said, before any money moves anywhere in this church. I worked seven jobs. I made more money that year than I made any time in my life. I paid the church and got things leveled and the house balance leveled balance. So I brought Bradford in. I said, from this point on, I don't care. It is not my responsibility to save God's church and save him money. Who ever heard of saving God some money? I silenced all the money savers at our church. Shut up. We're not here to save him any money. How do we do that anyway? So, the honor goes out first. The honor goes out first before we do anything. And we're going to honor him with that. Because we cannot, this, none of this exists without his obedience and his service. That's first things happen. Along with whatever offerings. First. And then I got up and I talked to people. Let's go to Philippians now. Got 12 minutes. Talk Philippians. See, pastors have a problem. I hope it's not you. Maybe it's just me. We don't want people to do stuff for us. We're trying to save them from God. <laughs> Taking all their money. I'm up one more. I'm up one Wednesday night taking up an offering. I go to Philippians chapter 419. He says, sit down. I don't even want you to take up the offering tonight. He said, you read it wrong every time you do it. <laughs> it was rough. It's been rough. It's been rough. <laughs> Just telling myself. <laughs> so I sat down, and the guy got up. I asked to do it. He said, in the beginning of the gospel, he started verse 15, no church communicated with me and giving and receiving, but ye only. You know, he said, that's the problem. That's not the full context. He said, you need to start at verse 10. And I'm sitting on the platform going back to verse 10. He's, and he says the reason why he's doing it because that's what you taught him to do. The people can go no farther. They can go no farther than you're willing to take them. 
It says here, Philippians, I got to get over here. Chapter 4, he says, he says, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly now that at last your care for me have flourished again. He said, when has this church care for you flourished? I'm not talking about somebody giving you a, you know, <clears throat> a Chick-fil-A coupon. and not, That may be their best, though. But that's not the best of this house. He said, when have their care for you flourished? And until they do, I will not bless this church. I will not. And your church will function without me supplying all of your needs until you fix this. They don't honor you on your birthdays. They don't honor your wedding anniversary. They don't honor the church anniversary. And until you fix this, I will not bless the people in this church. He says, your care of me have flourished again, wherein you lack, you were careful, but you lacked opportunity. He said, opportunity is your responsibility. How they respond to honor is on them. But you have to give them the opportunity. And I'm going to say it here. Not because you desire a gift, this can be done wrong. There's another side to this too. It's the care of the people. that I purchased with my own blood. So you're going to have to walk this thing out right because I purchased them and I don't want them abused either. He says, your job is to give them opportunity. That's all you got to do is give them opportunity. And you have to create opportunities. We used to drive raggedy cars all around. I used to hide my cars. They were so raggedy. <laughs> and Dr. Jacobs had to help me. He had to pull me up and help the people understand they need to help me with a car. Cars weren't like this when you worked. They ain't supposed to be like this now because you're in the kingdom. It should be better because you're in the kingdom. God didn't ask you to take a step back to go into this. This thing should be over the top. Then I got to go down here, and he says, he says, he says, not, not speaking respect of want. I'm not talking about me. I'm trying to help you. For I have learned in whatever state I am to be content, and I know how to base, and I know how to bound, and everywhere, and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to hunger, and both to bound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Notwithstanding, you have done well. He said, you're stopping them from doing well. You're stopping them from doing well, that you communicated my affliction. And ye Philippians know that in the beginning of the gospel, he goes on down there and say this. And then I realized, he said, you have to understand something about this money. When they honor you, it comes up to me. The Bible said it comes up into my very presence. And when you shut your church down from this kind of increase, like I did, you're in trouble. Because they have nothing coming up in the presence of God for him to respond to. He said he comes up before me as a sweet smell. And they could have done something else with his sacrifice well pleasing unto God. And he said if you cut that out, there's no aroma coming from your ministry. There's no aroma coming from your ministry. And he said this is the ministry, this is the aroma that causes me to return and supply all of your needs. And I said him off, I said we're changing. Some people got mad and walked, walked out. I remember one night I was going to take up an offering to fix my car. And I could tell some families were just sitting there steaming, getting mad. After all the labor and service I've given their family. They are just sitting there steaming and getting hot. But I noticed four teenagers over there. I'd never seen them before in my life, and they just started working together. And they were putting their money together. And I ain't even served them at all, and they were putting their money together to help me out. And when I saw that, I said, wait a minute. Y'all look better going than you did coming. Raise on up out of here because from this point on, this is going to be a house of honor. And they all left. And in six months, the whole church filled up again. People were parking all around the building. The whole thing changed in six months. 
Crystal called me up, said, we, I just got promoted. Amen. And I'm making, I think it was $15,000, $12,000 more than I was making in Indiana. And I'm getting ready to buy me a new house. Hallelujah. Praise God. And she riding good too. Now when you come through the parking lot, there's new cars everywhere. And for the last 10 years, people have been getting promoted and increased and blessings been taking place. Pastor Rogan, I'm in six digits now. Hallelujah. Pray. He still ain't done yet because God has won millions on his congregation for the building projects and all the things we need. Hallelujah. And then I tell people, we ain't going back. Change your frown. I know what both sides look like. Amen. Honor looks better. Hallelujah. And we're not going back for nobody. Hallelujah. And so we begin to implement all forms of honor in the church on our birthdays and everything. And teach it every year for the last 10 years. The church filled up. So we had to go. God says, you're going to have to get another building now. So the church filled up. People's parking all around the first one. We've been in that thing. Nobody ever parked around that. And they start parking around the building. The church filled up. People start being promoted and increased. Businesses start taking place all over the church. Miracles start taking place. Miracles start taking place. So a guy come up. He said, Pastor Rogan, somebody told me, he said, I'm losing my eyesight. I'm going blind. I don't even know what my wife looks like anymore. I just found out about it. See, something on the pastor's mantle. Matter of fact, I can tell you what is on it. It's the same anointing Jesus walked in the pastor's mantle. He don't give us less of anointing. He gives us the same one. And we laid hands. I lay, he come up, we laid hands. I laid hands on his eyes. I just found out about it. Because it ain't right for somebody to be losing their eyesight, not up in here. We called him up to the front from the whole church and laid, laid hands on his eyes. He said, Pastor, you laid hands on my eyes. He said, it's like a long time ago, it was black and white TVs when they turned off. Lines start going. He said, oh, man, I must be in deeper trouble now. <laughs> anyway, he went on back to his seat, and he was in the office counseling about something else. He said, oh, by the way, Pastor Rogan, my eyesight came back. I said, <laughs> I said that is not a by-the-way conversation. That's the kind of thing you call when it happens. That's the kind of thing you call when it happens. God's been doing all kind of miracles and people have been increasing, praise God. He said, now I know what my wife looks like now. He said, I saw an ant on the ground for the first time. I started crying. God wants to surround the church with his wealth and his power. And people are getting increased and promoted. There's a woman called me one night. And her daughter was bleeding to death through a female procedure in the hospital. Three o'clock in the morning. Normally, I don't even have my phone by my bedside. She's bleeding to death. And the phone rings. I tell people, it's three o'clock in the morning, call Pastor Cynthia because her phone is always by her bed. <laughs> and I'm by her. But for some reason that night, I brought my phone to Lady by. The phone rang. Pastor Rogan, my daughter's bleeding to death. But I remember him. I will cleanse the blood. Of those that he just come up with that scripture. So skillful with the word. I will cleanse the blood of them that have not been cleansed. I said, if you will cleanse it, then you will stop it from bleeding out. And we released the word of God over her. And I laid down and went back to bed. The next morning, uh, I get a phone call. And the mom said, the blood has stopped. Praise My God. daughter's okay. She said, but Pastor Rogan, the doctors came in crying. The doctors were weeping. They said, all up and down this hallway, people are gone. With the same thing your daughter's going through. We don't even know why our organs and brains are still working because you can't lose that much blood. I'm telling you, it makes the difference when the anointing is working in the house of God. We're not going back for nothing, hallelujah. 
we moving forward, praise God, hallelujah. I mean, I'm talking about miracles, signs, and wonders, hallelujah. That's what God is doing in our generation, amen. But we're going to have to perfect the house of honor. Honor God and keep his commandments. I got three seconds left. Did you get something this morning? We'll give God some praise for it, hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to the most high God. Now, we're going to go ahead and this thing, you're going to get some honor this morning. Hallelujah. It's not about the money. It's about the honor. And that's what God told me to tell him. He said, people need to quit counting money and start executing honor. And then I will take the honor with the substance, and then I will supply you. I'm thinking about Cornelius right now. If you need, a, if you need to give this morning, lift your hand. We'll give you an offering envelope. God will bless you. For your giving, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Not give on my phone, I have to do it in there. If you're going to give online, they have it online up here. And I tell people, when you bring God money, just don't plunk it in the bucket. You have to tell him how you value him, how you value his house, and how you respect him. And that's how you give. God says, Every time you release money, you move it with honor. Do not just turn loose money. And what we did in our church, and I'm not telling nobody what to do. Everybody got to do their own thing. We told them on the holidays, on birthdays, the anniversaries and church anniversaries, we're going to implement a system of honor because I am responsible for giving you an opportunity to increase. Because God says, I'm going to give you pastors when they're going to feed you with knowledge and understanding, you're going to be fruitful and multiply. So we measure that at our church. Something is wrong when the body is not fruitful and multiplying because the mantle of the pastor is designed to cause people's lives to increase. He goes on to say, that your days of lack, because the pastor I'm giving you, that your days of lack are over with, your days of fear are over with, and your days of disappointment are over. And that's the mantle. And he said, they will honor this mantle that I put on you in order for Philippians 4.19 to work in that church. And every year, every year, we go back over the same teaching because new people come and a church is supposed to be a, a house of honor where God can make it renowned in its neighborhoods and its communities because there's no place like it. This is the only place where money goes to heaven. The honor of it goes to heaven. There's no place else in the earth that exists where people get to sow into the kingdom and release substance with honor, and it goes to heaven. That's what makes God's people the most special in all the earth, and he wants the, the distinction to show up. We are done blending in with everybody else. Amen. We're done blending in with your neighbors. Your neighbor got to figure out, what are they doing over there? We're done blending in with everybody else. The church should not blend in with them. If we blend in with them, why do they need to be here? Why do they need to be here if we've been homogenized? You know what that means? Made one with the rest of the world. We have not been homogenized with the world. We have been homogenized with Christ. Amen. amen the son of the living God. Hallelujah. And that's seated in high places. Amen. That's going to show up in your life. Take your gift in your hand. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Heavenly Father, giving the people your word. Told me if I released the word, that the word would manifest just like we released it. So I thank you right now for supernatural increase. Because we choose to implement honor in the local church. It is our nature. It is our calling. It is our duty. It's to reverence you, to honor you, and to keep your commandments. Now as the people respond to your word. Supply all of their needs. Let the supply 
concerning all of their needs, concerning your riches and glory, begin to minister to this local church and every church represented here. Let us supply from heaven, begin to bring a distinction over the congregation and over the people that the church of this age is renowned and brings about the consummation and close of this age as we take your gospel all over this world. And we declare it's happening now in the name of Jesus. Repeat after me. Say, my supply is full. Supply is it's, full. Coming. it's coming. It's here. It's here. It, comes it comes to pass. Financial increase. Financial increase. Millions, Millions in the name of Jesus name because we honor God and keep his commandments. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. To view Dr. Jacobs' travel itinerary, order products, and more, please visit cotrin.org slash mjm.